You are listening to the LifePoint Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Tony Meyer. For more information on other LifePoint Church resources, please visit www.livethemessage.org. So good to see all of you here this morning. Uh, graduating seniors, way to go. You got one more week, so just don't screw it up this week. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, you won't. I know you won't. Um, but I can relate to Pastor Kyle and Tara. Uh, my wife and I did campus ministry for many, many years, and this time of year is very bittersweet. In many, many ways, you're excited uh, for what comes next, and you're, you feel blessed uh, for the time that God gave you with these students, and you're sad to see them go. It's also bittersweet because there are some students that you have in your ministry that you're just like, just never graduate. Can you just... I know it's your senior year, just change your major, <laughs> or go to grad school, or get your postdoc, or whatever it is, just don't ever leave, please never leave. And then there's another category of students um, that you're kind of counting down the days of graduation. I know that was none of you here this morning, um, you're amazing, but way to go, we're just so proud of you. You know, uh, we've been in a season as a church, as a family, where we've really been contending for that we would experience the fullness of this gospel, and uh, one aspect that we've really been highlighting over the, the past months has just been this area of healing. Um, you know, God has, has revealed himself to humanity in many ways, but one of those ways in which he's revealed himself to us is in, as God, our healer. And uh, we, we highlight this area of healing not because we believe it's more important or a higher gift than any other gift or uh, aspect of who God is, but because in a lot of ways we believe it's been neglected in the Western church. And so we would just like to see it in its rightful place, amen? And this morning, we're going to explore this area of emotional healing, and I can even sense right now in some of you, you're just like, oh, I don't want to do this. Uh, we're not going to do a therapy session. We're not going to do any psychological analysis or anything like that. But I want you to hear, if you hear one thing this morning, hear this, that Jesus wants you to be whole, he wants you to be whole, and he paid a, a high price that we would be made whole. And that includes our body, that includes our spirit, and that, that includes our soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions. He wants us to be whole. The entirety of who you are. And for many of us, and it's not even, a, it's, a, it's a fact, that in, in this room there are many of us who have deep emotional wounds in our life. Maybe something happened to you when you were younger. Maybe, um, you were let, maybe someone stole your innocence. Maybe, maybe when uh, you were let down by the church, the church hurt you in some way. Maybe something happened that was completely out of your control. Maybe you've made big mistakes in your life and you haven't been able to get over it. Whatever it is, there's these wounds that you're walking around with. And I want you to hear me this morning that Jesus wants to heal you. Because it's hindering the way that God designed us to function. In the same way as if you have a physical injury, it doesn't allow you to do the things that God designed you to do. It hinders us. In the same way emotional uh, wounds hinder us. You know, about five years ago, I was, it was a September day. I was minding my own business. The next thing I know is a semi-trailer was coming over the top of me. And I jumped out of the way. And right when I was about to put my leg down, I looked down and my leg was sideways. And I don't know if you know anything about legs, but they're not supposed to do that. And I remember just going, oh, no and laying down on the ground, <laughs> and I was in, just in shock, and uh, all these people came running, gathering around me. Next thing I know, I hear sirens of the ambulance. The ambulance, you know, the EMTs, they come, and they load me on this, this gurney, and they give me this miracle drug. It was amazing, and uh, 
Next thing I know, I'm in the hospital, and three surgeries later, metal in my leg, um, months on the couch. Um, I was on this road of pursuing uh, health in my leg. And uh, imagine that day if this would have happened to me. It was something that was out of my control. Uh, I wish didn't happen, but it happened. Imagine if I'm laying there on the ground, my leg is in a 90-degree angle, and Imagine the EMT comes and rushes up to me, and, and they're coming to help, and I would say, you know what? I think I'm going to be all right. I, I'm just going to walk it off. I'm going to rub a little dirt on it. I'm just going to kind of pretend that it's not happening. We'll sweep it under the rug. We'll be okay. They probably would have just given me a ton of morphine and been like, this guy's crazy. Let's just get him to the hospital, right? And then they would have just operated on me. But for many of us, we, we, we live our lives in this way where we, we, we experience something in life and we have this woundedness and yet we say, I'm all right, it's fine. We kind of brush it off or we avoid it or we numb it. If I wouldn't have uh, sought health in my leg, healing in my leg, I probably would have lost it or it would have healed in such a way that I wouldn't be able to function. I, I wouldn't be able to walk today. And so many of us walk with this, this emotional disability, if I could put it that way. And Jesus wants to heal that in our hearts, amen? And for a lot of us, we have this facade that we put on for people on the outside. Everything is fine, but on the inside, we're in pain. And Jesus paid for that pain. He carried that pain so we wouldn't have to. And it's not pretending that that event never happened in our life. It's actually giving it a proper burial and saying it's time that I put this to death so I can move forward. We've been in this scripture in Isaiah 53, and I'm just gonna read a small portion of it. Um, in verse three, if we were to read this, this portion of scripture like Pastor Drew said, and you were just to look at it on a piece of paper, just these verses, and you'd say, who is he talking about? You'd say, oh, he's talking about Jesus, not knowing that this was written hundreds of years before Jesus set foot on this earth. This is a prophecy about Jesus and, and who he was and what he was going to accomplish. In verse 3, we're just going to read a few verses here this morning. He was despised and rejected by man, by men, a man of sorrows and well acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet he is, we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was a chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. It says that he was a man of sorrows, well acquainted with grief, but he took, and he took on our sorrow, and he took on our grief, and those two words are literally translated sickness and pain. And there's also an emotional sickness, there's spiritual sickness, there's mental sickness, and Jesus paid a price for those. And many times when we think about the cross, we think about the physical pain that Jesus endured, and it was horrific. I mean, it was horrible, the brutality which Jesus endured. The Bible says that he was beaten beyond recognition. But he also endured mental anguish, the spiritual pain of being separated from the Father, emotional pain. Jesus knew what it was to be betrayed by his friends. Jesus knew what it meant to, to feel the disappointment when people don't show up or rise to the occasion. Jesus knew what it was to be lied about. Jesus knew what it was to be spit on and mocked, to be called names. 
Jesus knew what it was to be humiliated, hanging naked on a cross. Everything that we endure in this life, Jesus felt that pain and he carried it. Why? So that by his wounds, we might be healed. Each one of us be healed. And this morning, I, I just, I want to, I'm gonna propose that Jesus wants to bring emotional healing to each one of us today. And for some of us, it'll be in an instant. And for some of us, it'll start a journey with God. But either way, it's this place that brings us to life. Because the problem is, is that emotional wounds, we can't just like quarantine it to one part of our heart or one part of our life. It spreads. Whether it's unforgiveness or bitterness or resentment or just we have this tragedy that we've left undealt with in our life, it spreads and it affects the way that we view reality. It distorts our perception of the relationships that we're in, the people that we're in, and it spreads like an infection. It actually spreads, can spread to other people around us. And it leaves us paralyzed in a season. It leaves us tethered to a moment. When God is saying, let go of what's behind and look forward. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. In Psalm 86, I love this portion of scripture. The psalmist David, he says this in verse 11 of uh, Psalm 86. He says, teach me your way, Lord. We could honestly just spend the rest of the morning right there. We could spend the next month or year right there. Teach me your way, Lord. His ways are not like our ways. His thoughts are not like our thoughts. Teach me your ways, God. Let me just see things the way that you see things. Let me respond the way that you respond. Help me to give grace the way that you give grace. Lord, help me to seek justice the way that you seek justice. God, I miss it, but you don't miss it. So help me to, help me to see and help me to do things your way. Teach me your way, Lord. Why? So that I might rely on your faithfulness. Teach me your way so that I might rely on your faithfulness. And give me an undivided heart that I might fear your name. And I will praise you, Lord my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever. For great is your love towards me. And you delivered me from the depths, from the realm of dead. Great is his love towards us. And he has delivered us from hell. But he's also delivered us from this dead way of thinking right now. This old way of thinking. I hear, I hear older guys say stinking thinking. <laughs> he delivers us from that. From the old way, the old life. In Colossians 3, it says, put off all those old ways of thinking and put on this new, this new life with Jesus because of his great love. But some of us can relate to this prayer that David says. He says, give me an undivided heart because if we're being honest, our hearts are divided. We see these wounds. We know about these wounds in our life and maybe they've been, we've left them unaddressed for years and we kind of put them back in a back closet hoping they'd go away. Time doesn't heal all wounds. You need to know that. It's a lie. Time heals clean wounds. That's why we need Jesus. <laughs> Give me an undivided heart. There's this ambivalence in us sometimes that says, I know I need to, but I'm scared. I'm scared to face it. I know I need to deal with this. I know I need to face this, but honestly, I just, I'm unwilling. Or maybe we just don't know how. Well, this morning, we're going to walk through that. Maybe you find yourself in that place of saying, I know I need to face this. I know I need to forgive. I know I need to face this. But honestly, I'm just unwilling. I think that's an okay thing to admit. I just don't want to. Why? Well, for many of us, we're scared, and that's okay. There's this fear that keeps us from this new life. 
Fear is this paralyzing agent. Fear is the enemy of a believer. It paralyzes us. It keeps us locked and staying in one place. And if maybe it's an area of forgiveness that you need to experience in your life. You need to forgive someone. And you're afraid to forgive because you're afraid that you're going to get hurt again. I want you to know this morning that forgiveness and trust are not the same thing. Forgiveness is a free gift. The same way that Jesus forgive us. In, in, in Ephesians 2 it says, it's by grace that you have been saved. It is a gift from God. It's forgiveness is a gift to us. Forgiveness is that, but trust is something that's built over time. When someone's shown proven character over time. Like, like my friend Kyle. I've known Kyle since college. He has shown himself faithful in my life time and time after again. I would give him my check card, my credit card, and be like, don't spend any money, and I know that he wouldn't. Or if he was going to buy me something, maybe he would, I don't know. But I know Kyle. He has proven character in my life. I trust him. I trust him with my kids. But, but this fear, we need to deal with this fear. Or maybe that you're just being stubborn. <laughs> Stubbornness can be a good thing at times. It's like the stick to that I'm going to, I'm, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna move forward or whatever the cost. But at times, stubbornness can be a real hindrance to our life. I saw this billboard one time that said, um, this year, uh, hundreds of men will die from not going to the doctor, or from stubbornness, from not going to the doctor. And someone spray painted under the, uh, underneath and said, no, we won't. <laughs> <laughs> but there's stubbornness that, allows, that, that doesn't allow us to be honest with ourselves. We say, no, it's not that big a deal. I was just, I'm just being a baby. I just need to rub some dirt on it, sweep it under the rug. It'll be fine. If I just don't think about it, it'll go away, but it never goes away. Even at our very best, it's still lurking somewhere in the background. Or maybe you look at your situation and you think, man, my hurt is the exception. God, I know you can heal this person. I know you healed Aunt Sally. I know you can heal all these different things. But mine, man, my situation is especially complex. It's just, it's too big. And we've created it, this, this huge monster when, when God is, is bigger. He's just bigger. Amen? That seems like so Sunday schooly, but it is the absolute truth. Maybe in your heart you've looked at someone who's hurt you tremendously and you say, they don't deserve my forgiveness. They don't deserve my forgiveness. This pain that I feel is too horrific for me to forgive them and, and this now is their punishment. My scorn, my anger, the separation from me. This is punishment. And by forgiving them, it's somehow letting them off the hook. But that's not forgiveness, is it? And thank God Jesus doesn't deal with us in this way. I'm so glad that Jesus doesn't deal with me in this way. But actually, it says the opposite. In Romans 5, verse 8, it says, For God demonstrated his love towards us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That while we were still in the mud, while we were still in the pit, while we were spitting in his face, Jesus died for us. Gave us a, a way to new life, offered forgiveness for me. And I don't know about you, when I think about Easter, and I think about Jesus and what he endured, I think, man, it should have been me hanging on that cross. It should have been me. 
the things that I've done. Jesus was the innocent one. And yet freely he went to this cross. He gave his life for us, for you, for me. We don't deserve forgiveness. How can we hold it over someone else's head? I want you to, this morning, if, if, you're, if you resolve in your own heart that you're unwilling to deal with or face it or forgive, it's okay to admit that. But I want to challenge you this morning to pray this prayer that I have prayed in my life. That's just simply this. God, I know I need to forgive and I'm unwilling, but I'm willing to be made willing. <laughs> I don't want to, but I, I ask that you change my want to. And then watch out because he does. Soften my heart, Lord. I don't want an undivided heart. I don't want one, my, one, one part of me over here and one part of me over here. I want to be all in my, 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 my eyes singular on this light. That is Jesus. Maybe you're in this camp where you say, okay, I'm willing, but I just, I'm unable. I just don't know how. I think that's an okay place to be. I'm not really a, a great woodworker, uh, but I really like to work with my hands and stuff. And uh, I tell people that come over to my house, if they notice mistakes in, uh, in, in my, my carpentry and stuff, I just politely ask them to leave. <laughs> just kidding, I wouldn't do that to you. But um, <clears throat> There's been times in my life where I've been stuck with certain things, and I call someone I know, and I say, hey, can you help me with this? I just don't know how to do it. And uh, I've never had one person be like, laugh at me and be like, you don't, know, you don't know how to do this? You're so stupid. How could you not know how to do this? I said, well, I've never done it before, or I've tried and failed. I need someone to show me, and, and I, I think that's an okay place to be, to admit that I just don't know how, but I'm willing, I'm willing. I'm going to take us through some principles for pursuing healing. I, I don't want you to hear me today that there's just like somehow this magic formula. That's not how it works. We do everything in our power that we know to do, and God does the rest, right? We pursue healthy things. We pursue wholeness. We pursue healing, and God does it. He does the rest. Amen? Everybody with me? So I don't want you to look at this this morning and be like, this is the formula. I go through step one, two, three, four, five, and then I'm golden, right? It's a journey that we go on with the Lord. But the first thing is, th is this, for principles for pursuing healing for emotional wounds is this. You need to simply ask God to heal your heart. That seems like a no-brainer, right? But I think I'll ask and you'll receive. He never turned away anybody from healing. And for many of us, we just need to ask the Lord to heal. And I can tell you in my own personal experience that, that there's been moments that Jesus healed me. He healed me of depression. I suffered from depression for 11 years, and Jesus healed me in a moment. In a moment, he set me free. But there's other things, there's other times in my life where God has been taking me through this journey with him. And he's revealing himself to me as the, the great counselor. Holy Spirit, the counselor, the comforter. And it's through this journey with the Lord that he shows himself faithful, that he shows himself trustworthy, that he comforts, that he brings peace, and that through it, we actually grow closer and the Lord reveals himself in a greater way than we thought possible before. But we need to ask God to heal our hearts. Another thing we need to do is this. We need to, you need to make a decision to face the pain with God's help. I think it holds us back a lot. We're, we're afraid to go back to this place because it causes so much pain that we just don't want to face it. 
So what happens is we, we numb it a lot of times. I did this for many years. I numb the pain, and that's where a lot of addiction comes. Or we pretend that it's not there, and we bury it, and out, out from that comes anger. Or sadness, or we just we don't know how to, to, to adequate, adequately show our emotion. But we need to make a decision to face the pain with God's help, to not run from it anymore, to say, God, I'm not sure about this. I don't know how to do this, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to face this. I'm going to face this once and for all, and we're, I'm not going to... I'm not gonna run away from it anymore. I'm not gonna pretend that it's not there. It's time to face it. The next thing we need to do is mourn our loss. We need to grieve. This might seem strange to you, but, but we need to grieve. Usually when we think of grief, we think only in terms of when someone passes away. But we need to grieve instances. Maybe something happened with your father in your life and your father repeatedly let you down or repeatedly uh, withheld his love from you or wh- whatever it is. You need to grieve the fact that, may- that your father wasn't the father that you needed him to be. Grieve the fact that you missed out where others maybe had a great father. Grieve the fact that maybe your father's never gonna be the father that you need him to be. Maybe you were hurt by the church and you need to grieve the fact that the church wasn't the way that it was supposed to be, the way that we read it in God's word. But we need to grieve it. It's the only way to move on. And we need to give ourselves permission to feel. This is where I think people um, start to get scared and run away because emotions get a bad rap, right? My father's generation, it was essentially like, nobody, don't show emotion. The only acceptable emotions are anger, and laughing at the occasional joke, right? But all other um, emotions, we kind of sweep under the rug. We just pretend they're not there. To our generation now, which it seems like the, ping, the pendulum swung so far the other way that it's like every feeling that we have must be true and right. And so we're just going to follow that to see wherever it goes. And that is, that is false. But there's this place that God has created that is a, an, uh, uh, the right and safe place for emotion, the, the, the way that he, that he designed it to function. And when we grieve, when we, when we feel, we need to feel things. We need to say, if the anger comes, we need to just let it come. We don't allow ourselves to, to sin in that anger. Allow us to do something that we shouldn't be doing. If we're sad, we let it, we, we're sad. You just let yourself be sad for a moment. We just can't stay here. but we have to allow it to come. I have found in my life one of the greatest ways that I um, have given myself permission to feel is by expressing my thoughts to the Lord, my heart to the Lord. That's what, read the Psalms. (laughs) Sometimes I'm like, David, is this guy out of his mind? Because you read it and you're like, holy cow, that was a crazy thing to say. But it's, it, that's what God loved about David is David was just open book to the Lord. He said whatever it was, he just expressed it to the Lord. And Psalm 62 says this, pour out your hearts before him, O people, for he is a refuge to us. And so we pour out, we pour out, we empty ourselves of all these things. We pour out and he pours in. We pour out and he pours in. We give him all this junk and he pours in his peace and his courage, his strength, his love, and his joy. 
We need to find a trusted friend that we can be an open book to. We need each other. I need you. You need me, whether you like it or not. We need to find a safe a place, a person that's, that's safe that we can express these things. I, I believe in godly counselors. I've been in counseling more of my life than I'm not. <laughs> so I think there's, a, there's an amazing place, an amazing season that everybody uh, that has been experiencing this should go see a godly counselor. It's one of, one of the many things that we do to seek healing. But we need to allow ourselves to grieve. The next thing we need to do is receive comfort. You might hear that and be like, that's kind of a, that seems really weird. But we need to receive comfort mainly because Christians are good at a lot of things, but we're horrible at comfort because we have a, a lot of answers. We have a lot of advice. And I am the first to say I love encouragement. I love advice. I love answers. Proverbs says that he who seeks wise counsel in the end will be wise. So I believe there's a place for it, but I also believe there's a place for comfort where someone just simply comes alongside of you and just says, I'm so sorry that this has happened, but I'm with you. I love you. I'm here for you. The comfort of a friend. I believe Jesus wanted this. If you look at the Garden of Gethsemane, right before he's arrested and he's about to, to go to the cross, he brings his closest friends with him to this garden. And, and we know that he's under so much, he's having so much anxiety about what's going to happen. He's actually uh, sweats blood. Jesus wasn't hopping and skipping to the cross. But he brought his closest friends with him. And he, got, he says, guys, just stay here. I might need you. I just need you to stay here and pray with me. And he goes off and he prays. And he comes back and you can almost hear the disappointment in his voice when he's like, guys, you couldn't even pray for one hour. You couldn't even stay with me for one hour. Don't you know what's going to happen? Even Jesus sought comfort from friends. We need, a, we need each other. We also need the Holy Spirit to reveal himself as our comforter. God can bring peace like no one else, like nothing else on this earth. And there's a moment, I want you to know, social media is not the place to expel all of this stuff. Amen. So we express these things to the Lord and he comes and he comforts. It's one of the main roles of the Holy Spirit to bring comfort and peace to us. We need that, that to receive God's comfort. The last thing is this. We need to ask for God's perspective on the situation. Whatever the event was, whatever the, the broken relationship or whatever it was, we need to ask God for his perspective. Say, God, show me this like you, you see it. We look at most things biased in our own, through our own lens, right? Where it's kind of impossible not to. So we need to say, God, help me to see it like you see it. Lord, help me to see this person the way that you see them. And many times when we need to forgive someone, they become this great monster in our minds. And when we see them the way that God sees them, we see a person that is broken, that needs Jesus. That needs Jesus. We need to see people more, uh, more than just their behavior or the way they hurt us. And so... Uh, Whatever it is, we need to ask God and say, God, help me to see it the way that you see it. Amen. We have a close relationship with um, 
Pastor Brad and Kay Lewis, they were our campus pastors for many, many years. And uh, Brad's wife, Kay, she has an incredible, incredible testimony. And uh, some of you here might have heard it before, but um, she, she gives me permission to share her story. And um, Kay grew up in like kind of a nominal Christian home. And uh, throughout high school and college, she kind of just went off the deep end, drinking and uh, inappropriate relationships, all that stuff, the way of the world. And uh, after college, uh, she was working for a travel agency and doing all these different things. One night, she went out on a date with this guy. And um, at the end of the date, this man assaulted her. Um, and from that assault, she contra contracted an uh, incurable disease. Um, and because of that disease, she wouldn't be able to have children. Uh, she'd have to go in for procedures to get gross removed. Uh, just horrible, horrible. And she was brokenhearted because her dream had always been to have a family, to get married, have kids, to be a mother. And now that dream was stolen from her. She thought to herself, well, why would anyone want me? Who would want me? I'm broken, I'm dirty. I can't have children. Who would want me? Um, soon after that, she gave her life to the Lord. And she began to serve at our church in different capacities. And uh, she started meeting with our pastor. And uh, after a couple of meetings, this had, what had happened to her had come out. And he looked at her and he said, okay, have you forgiven this man? And she became indignant. I mean, she was so upset. She's like, did you not hear what I just said he did to me? How could I ever forgive what he did? How could I ever forgive it? No, I'm not forgiving it. He said, well, Kate, I just want to just, just ask God about it. Just consider it. So the coming weeks, she, she began to think about it, began to pray, and she was just like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And they kept meeting and kept meeting, and he, he would challenge her in that way. Finally, one of their meetings, he said, Kay, have you thought more about forgiveness? And she said, yeah. God spoke to me. I know I'm supposed to do it, but... So, fine, I forgive him. And it's not a small thing, you know. Uh, motion, our emotions follow motion sometimes. And so, she made this choice to forgive, and that kind of started this journey with the Lord, this process. And uh, over the coming weeks and months, every time she would think of it, she would say, I forgive him, I forgive him. A little less attitude each time. And one night, she was at a Sunday night service at our church, and she was just crying out to the Lord. She's crying out for more of Jesus. And she said, the Lord spoke to me so clearly and said, okay, it's time. It's time to, to release this. It's time to forgive. And so she just said, all right, God, I'm ready. She said, God, I, for, I forgive him for what he stole from me. I forgive him for what he took. I forgive him for the years that I wasted since then. I forgive him. She felt this weight just lift from her shoulders, and all of a sudden she felt this warmth go throughout her whole body. And she just sat there in, in God's presence, and he began to fill her with his joy. Well, a couple weeks later, she had an appointment, her kind of routine appointment, to have these growths removed, and the doctor went to look at her, and said, Kay, what happened to you? 
She says, what do you mean? She's like, what happened to you? There's nothing here. There's not even any scars from the surgery. She says, this can't be right. And the doctor's in tears. <laughs> so they go out do all these tests, the blood tests and all these things. And there's nothing there. There's absolutely nothing there. In her medical file, <laughs> the word miracle, <laughs> it says the word miracle. Because the doctors don't, still didn't know what happened. You know, a year ago today, actually, I got to go to her oldest son's wedding. And uh, so I want you to know, like, I don't say this in any trite way or like to minimize the things that we've gone through or say that it's just that easy because it isn't. But the truth of the matter is that Jesus wants us to heal us. He wants us to be made whole. And not just so that we could be made whole so we feel better, but because he wants to use your life for something. He wants your life to bring healing and hope to other people around you. He wants you to be able to minister to people who are struggling with the same things that you are. But we're unable to hear him clearly. We're unable to see the people in our life in the right way because of these things that are still in our heart. And this morning, Jesus wants to heal for some of us, it might be in an instant, and for some of us, he might be taking us on a journey. Whatever it is, we have to pursue it, and we have to say, yes, Lord, I want this healing in my life. I want it, and I'm going to go after it, and I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to stop until it's healed. Amen. Would you all stand across this place this morning? I think for some of us today, God wants to do a little surgery on our hearts. Surgery is painful because you have to actually make incisions but it's necessary to take out the things that, or correct the things that need to be corrected. And so we're gonna to respond to the word because it's important to respond to the word and this is not to pad my ego, this is to, to acknowledge that there's, there's something in my life, there's something in my heart that isn't right and God wants to make it right. All right, so we can bow our heads this morning. If, if you're here today, I'm gonna ask two questions and I'm gonna ask that you raise your hand in response to those questions. And it's not to embarrass you or call you out or make you do anything weird. But I want you to, I wanna pray for you and I wanna know who I'm praying for. So if you're here this morning, you're just being honest. Maybe it's the first time you're being honest with yourself and with the Lord. And you're saying, I have emotional wounds in my life or, or there's just things with uh, my inner self that just need healing. And that's you this morning. Would you just put your hand up? We wanna pray. Yeah, a lot of you. Is there anybody else? Awesome. Thank you. For your honesty, you can put your hands down. I believe that Jesus wants to heal you today. The second question I want to ask is this. If you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, or maybe you've had one in the past, but it's just grown cold and stagnant, and you need to get your life right with the Lord. If that's you, would you, just, would you put your hand up this morning? I want to pray for you. Amen. Thank you. Is there anybody else? Amen. Thank you. You can put your hands down. If you just raised your hand, you need to get your life right with the Lord. I'm going to pray a prayer, and as I pray it, I want you to agree with me. And then we'll pray for that first group. God, today I recognize that I'm, I'm not where I need to be with you. I'm far away from you, God. That there's a separation caused by my sin, caused by my selfishness. And so, Lord, right now, 
I just I apply that forgiveness to my life that you should, you paid for. I ask you to wash me clean. I ask Holy Spirit that you come into my life, come upon my my whole self this morning. Make me whole. And I just right now I turn, I repent. I turn from anything that isn't pleasing in my life and I turn to you, Lord. I stop pursuing the things of this world. Now I start pursuing you, God. So I pray just for increased sensitivity to your Holy Spirit, a conviction of the Holy Spirit when I'm stepping outside your will, Lord, that you just correct my path. God, I just pray for strength. I pray uh, for endurance for these precious people turning their lives to you this morning in Jesus' name. God, for those in this room who just need to have emotional wounds and they need, they need healing, God, right now we just simply ask that you come and you heal. Lord, you came, you bore our sickness, you bore our pain, you carried our sorrows and our grief. So Lord, we just ask that you, you heal those emotional wounds right now. I just pray for just divine healing in that area right now. But I also pray that just for a release a release from the hold that, that that thing has had the power over in Jesus' name. For those in this room who need to forgive, I pray for the strength to do so, Lord. I pray we, we change our attitude from our unwilling to, Lord, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. I'm willing to face it. I'm willing to grieve. I'm willing to let someone in on my struggle. God, help me to see it the way that you see it. Lord, I pray right now you just begin to do surgery in Jesus' name. A couple weeks ago when we were praying uh, in our staff prayer, God just gave me this really clear picture of of people being like, uh, that are like kind of kidnapped or held captive by things. But in my mind, it was like these literal captors. It was like they were kidnapped and, in the, and all of a sudden I saw like the ropes just kind of being loosed a little bit. And it was like this moment of weakness in the enemy that they weren't paying attention. And in that moment when the ropes were loose, they threw off the ropes and, and we ran. <laughs> and we ran towards our Savior. And I, I think that is a good picture for this morning that some of us, those, those, those things that have held us captive for years, those things, that, those chains that have really kept us bound are going to be loosed now. So, Lord, we just, we just pray those, those chains are loosed now. And as they're loose, Lord, we would just run to you, Jesus. We would run. We would cast our cares upon you, Lord, because you care for us. You care for us. And we just ask for complete wholeness now. Wholeness, Lord, we pray uh, that emotions would be in their appropriate lane in our lives. We'd be able to um, express our emotions in the right way. We'd be able to be open and available in relationships in our life. We'd be able to deal with them properly in the moment. They wouldn't plague us for weeks on end. They wouldn't keep us up at night. That's for healing. Mind, body, soul, and spirit, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information about LifePoint Church, please visit www.livethemessage.org.